What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. Listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Batman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, 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 what's cracking? Welcome to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio, brought to you by I'm the Fat and I'm your host, Darren McDuffie. Tonight, we got a power pack show for you. We will be discussing rich food, poor food with Jason and Mira Calton from Calton Nutrition. This is actually the Food Bible, and I'm glad that they came on and kind of talk about the book because a lot of times what will happen is people will ask me about um, what's good to eat, what can I find at the supermarket, and this book kind of answers all of those questions, so we'll have them on tonight. But before we get them on, just some little uh, housekeeping. If you have not joined me on Facebook, please do so. Uh, my Facebook page is I'm the Fat Man, uh, Facebook.com slash I'm the Fat Man. And also on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at the Fat underscore Man. Uh, if you have any questions during the show, you can call into the show at 646 716 9371. 646 716 9371. And hit one on the switchboard, and I'll know that you have a question, and I'll bring you on to ask your question. So before I bring them on again, um, next week, um, tonight, again, very great show, but next week we'll be talking about diabetes. I'll actually have uh, uh, Kristen, Kristen Major on. She's a holistic nutritionist who's very adept at talking about diabetes. So if you know anyone out there who might be suffering from diabetes, she knows how to treat diabetes naturally, so she will be on the show. So let's get into the show tonight, Rich Food, Poor Food with the Caltons. And I believe I see them on my switchboard, so let me bring them on. Jason and Mary, is that you? It is. Hey, Darren, how are you? I'm doing awesome, man. How are you guys? And guys. Oh, we're doing well down here in Florida. It's just, uh, you know, another day of work, and uh, we're excited to be back and talking to you. Good, good. I think Diana's going to call in a little bit later. She's working on a workshop, and I think she had some more questions for you. So I think she's going to call in later. Later, She texted me and said she would. So, um, yeah, she's actually been taking the uh, book on grocery store expeditions with some of her uh, clients, and, some, and uh, that's kind of fun to, to hear somebody else taking it into the grocery store and teaching people how to shop with it. It's, it's just what we wanted. Yeah, because actually this is a really good thing. I wish I had this when I started, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But, I mean, I had to find out all of this stuff out by myself. And now with a lot of people, they usually come up to me and they ask, well, what's good to eat? Or they're sending me messages through Facebook. So tonight I'm hoping that you can answer all those questions for them. <laughs> we'll 
try. Absolutely. Uh, there's a, you know, there's a lot of products in the grocery store. I think we know most of them. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything was in here. I finally got through the book, and it's like everything was in here that anyone could ever ask for. So before we get started, I know you guys have some interesting adventures. There's a real romantic story about how you guys got together. So tell us that story before we get, get into the book. Sure. I mean, it didn't start off so very exciting, actually. Um, it started off kind of, kind of depressing. I was, um, I was uh, diagnosed with advanced osteoporosis at the age of 30. So literally, when I was 30, I was not getting off of my sofa. I was spending my days with my computer and my laptop just you know, lying across me, unable to get up and even do my job. And I, wasn't gonna, I didn't want to really face the fact that I was obviously very ill. And I finally went to the doctor, and they told me I had the bone density of an 80-year-old. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was devastated. And I went through, the, you know, what most people go through, which is the why me, poor me. Uh, and then I, you know, slapped myself a couple times. And I said, okay, this is not going to be my life. I'm not going to be the girl that they said I'm going to be. You know, I had to leave New York City. I had to live with my sister on her, you know, at, at her house and have someone to take care of me. And I was like, I have to, I have to figure out how – what I can do to cure myself because mm-hmm. no one's going to do it for me. The doctors gave me, you know, absolutely no help other than you're, you can take some medication and be on the medications for the rest of your life and hopefully it won't get worse. And I was just like, okay, I got to do some research. And luckily I really enjoy research. And when you're not feeling well, research is one of the things you can do because you don't have to move around. Um, so I just started looking at the only other things that I knew about osteoporosis, which was basically calcium, you needed calcium. I found that out pretty quickly, and then I started looking at calcium, and they said, okay, well, if you're taking calcium, you need to take magnesium, and then you need to take vitamin D, and I was like, wait a minute. What are these things that they're telling me about? I don't even know what, you know, what, what is this all about? And then I realized they were all micronutrients or vitamins and minerals that my body just was, hadn't been getting for such a long period of time that it made me sick. But I didn't know enough at that point because I wasn't yet a nutritionist. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I need to get some help with this. And I wandered into um, a doctor of nutrition's office, and actually it's kind of a funny story. Um, he wasn't there at the time, but I decided to make myself more comfortable at his desk. So when he actually came <laughs> in the office, I had my feet up on his desk. This is Jason? <laughs> this is Jason. This was his first introduction. I've only told this story here for you, Darren. Literally, when he first met me, I was waiting in his office with my feet on his desk because I was in pain. I was just like, I'm just going to make myself comfortable. And um, he helped me to research micronutrients. He thought, you know, who the heck is this girl in my office, first of all? <laughs> and uh, I'll let him tell a little bit about the story. Yeah, so that was kind of a shock. Here I walk into the office, and there's this uh, woman sitting by my desk with her feet up there. And, and as soon as I kind of got over that shock, then we, started, we really started to settle in, and we start, she started to share her story with me. And, of course, I was intrigued. Um, and it was a real turning point in my life as well, Darren, because you know, up until that point, I had been working with people and helping them to try to understand nutrition from the way I think a lot of people get introduced to nutrition, and that's through diet through the foods that we eat, right? So we, we know these terms like calories and carbohydrates and fats and proteins. And there's a lot of people that want to talk to you all about those things. And they're important, and certainly they have a, their place in nutrition. But Mira didn't need any of that. She didn't need me to talk to her about any of her, you know, she was, it wasn't that she wasn't eating enough calories or her carbs, fats, or proteins were necessarily off. 
What she needed was a discussion about what we're going to talk a lot about, what we talk about all the time, which are micronutrients. And this really became a passion for us, really to look at these things called vitamins, minerals, essential fatty acids, and amino acids. That's what the micronutrients are. And so we needed to go and really kind of play detective in Mira's life and find out what was she doing, what had she done to get these 80-year-old bones at the age of 30. And I think that's really what made us look at the micronutrients, and it also made us look at the food quality issue. We're going to talk a lot about food quality tonight because that's what Rich Food, Poor Food is about. We've got two books, as you know. We have Mm -hmm. Naked Calories, which was our first book, and that talks all about micronutrients and everything you ever want to know about how to become sufficient in those micronutrients so you can prevent and reverse disease. And then we later on wrote our second book, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, Rich Food, Poor Food. And it's so, so important because it's all about the food quality and it's about the different foods that Mira was eating that actually caused her to get the advanced osteoporosis. And some of those foods, we'll go over some of them later on tonight, but some of those foods aren't necessarily foods you may think would be unhealthy. A lot of those foods would be, I think most of the people listening right now would be thinking, wow, she was eating a really healthy diet. Yeah, yeah. Just tell us something, and I didn't even know this until we, when we did the other podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't even know this, that you guys had a very interesting, you two were traveling around a lot, kind of similar to the uh, Weston A. Price. Can you touch on that? Absolutely. I mean, so what happened was after two years, we went back to the doctor and I did a DEXA scan and I found out I no longer had osteoporosis. So we were just elated. We were like, you know, we had figured, we had fixed me, and we also figured out something that was really new to both of us, and that was that these micronutrients had the power to heal you. They had the power to make you sick if you became deficient, and they had the power to heal you if you became sufficient. And we were like, well, that's pretty amazing. I wonder, you know, is this true with all the other diseases, and, and how come we're getting so many diseases in the United States? This seemed like a pretty simple statement. If you just stay sufficient, you should... You should stay healthy. So we were like, okay, well, we wanted to see, um, if the, you know, what was happening around the rest of the world. And we had read, you know, Dr. about Weston A. Price's travels and how basically he found, you know, I think it was in vitamin K that he had been talking about. And, and basically he had been studying about these different tribes and what was making them sick and what was making them healthy. And we're like, wow, that's really cool. He did this back in the 1930s. And we're like, Maybe if we traveled around the world now, we also find things that were common in the healthy tribes around the world and in the sick people around the world. And so we did. We said, you know, for our honeymoon, we're just going to leave town. We're going to set sail. We decided that we are going to travel to all over the world to live with remote tribes and urban people and all different types of locations around the world. It ended up taking us to 135 different countries on all seven continents. For uh, a total of just about six and a half to seven years, we traveled straight through. And we lived with and we ate with and we spoke to people of really diverse cultures because we wanted to see what they were doing right and what we were doing wrong in America. And it was, it was really eye-opening. Uh, we found out that the people who lived in the most remote sections, the people who modern um, food practices had not yet touched. The people who didn't go to the grocery store because they didn't have one, those were the people that were still healthy. 
And the more modernization became part of someone's life, the more lazy people became. They didn't have to walk a long distance every day simply to get their food, to plant their food. They didn't pick their food fresh before they ate it. These modern people or the urban dwellers, they were really the ones that were the sickest. And they should have, we thought, been the healthiest because they had the best doctors, they had the best education, they had the most medication, they had everything going for them. But what we found out was all of that stuff worked against people. And it was really, really eye-opening. And what, what we found out was that what we had thought about what cured me would really held true around the world. And that was that micronutrient sufficiency was what these primitive cultures had that we had lost. And it was just a really amazing trip. We found out that micronutrient deficiency was the most widespread and dangerous condition plaguing America and the global world today. And what's scary is that most people don't even realize that they're micronutrient deficient and that it's causing all of these what we call now lifestyle diseases. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we get into the show, I've got to ask you one question that's been on my mind here. Um, what's the funkiest thing that you ate? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! You know, we yeah, we we've yeah, you pretty much name it, we've eaten it. Um, jeez, the funkiest thing. Well, I mean, there was this um, alcoholic beverage. I'm not exactly oh, sure what what they were to, were to call it, but it, what they did is they, they they take rotting roots. So you take a rotting root and mm-hmm. um, then they that and they kind of wash it off in basically muddy muddy water. And then they get a woman who's about, she, she looks about 100, but she's probably 50, and she doesn't have any teeth, and she masticates it or chews up that root in her mouth so she gets the oh. enzymes going. And then she, you know, spits it out into a glass where it kind of goes through its fermentation process, and then they offer it to you as a lovely <laughs> beverage. So that's, uh, that's one that uh, is, is, will stick in my mind for a while. What about you, sweetheart? Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think you forgot to mention that actually the root is buried for a while first, so it gets oh, wow. really rotty and gross. Oh. Um, that was, yeah, that was shocking. And the funny thing is that actually they call it a natural um, birth control because when you drink it, you literally just zone out or if you drink too much, just completely pass out. So they actually say it's birth control because nobody actually has sex after they <laughs> drink that beverage. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was disgusting. Um, and then... Oh, and um, you, 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 what, Darren, you, the, the bad part about it is that it numbs your gag reflex. So as you drink it, you're in full realization that it's the worst tasting <laughs> thing you've oh. ever put into your mouth, but you cannot vomit it up. <laughs> wow. Ugh. Sure, your uh. listeners need to know this, but it's, that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, and maggots is probably one of the most common things. And I've had good maggots, and I've had bad maggots. Um, bad maggots are really, really bad. Good maggots are when they've been eating something, because maggots, I don't know if you know this, taste like whatever they've been eating. Uh, so if the maggots I... are from coconuts. They taste delicious. They taste like coconut cream pie. If uh, the maggots are from rotting garbage, they taste like rotting garbage. <laughs> you guys are way more venturesome than I am. You don't have much of a choice. There's nothing else to choose to eat. Yeah. yeah. We didn't so, bring food. Yeah, you got to eat whatever's there. So let's get into some questions. And I asked this question on the other podcast, and I think it's just a question that I get all the time, and I'm so tired of answering it, so I want to get you guys to answer it. Um, 
what's the difference in natural and organic? Let's talk. Let's talk that. Let's, what's natural? What's organic? Is there a difference? And finally, put this this thing to rest. Yeah. All right. So um, natural, not really, doesn't really mean a whole lot. Okay. So what? It, so food companies really like to put natural on the food because it's outselling organic. I think like two to one. And, and I think because the consumers have an idea that organic is expensive, although that's changing quite a lot now. You know, maybe probably, you know, three, four, or five years ago that was the case. But now you're seeing organic everywhere. And there's big, uh, you know, differences between these two terms. First of all, or, uh, health, natural means that your company, your, the companies that put that on the food are supposed to be having, you know, natural, natural ingredients, nothing artificial. They can't contain anything that's synthetic. But the definitions of these things are not very defined by the USDA. So things that can still be put into foods that are labeled natural are things like hormones, pesticides, antibiotics, chemical fertilizers, they can be genetic engineered, sewage sludge, which is a big deal. Sewage sludge is, is, is spread over thousands of acres of our croplands, our farmlands, and we're talking about sewer sludge from human sewage, right? So it's got drugs and it's got medications and it's got who knows what in that stuff. So that can be put on the food and still all be considered natural. So it doesn't really mean a lot. Now, organic on the other side of the coin means quite a lot. You really want to, I mean, organic is, is, is excellent. And that's, that's because it's USDA regulated. So that means it's, it's free of toxic pesticides and herbicides and chemical fertilizers. There can be no sewage sludge. There can no, be no artificial hormones, including like RBGH and RBST that you see you know, in milk and dairy products. No antibiotics can be used. They cannot be genetically modified. They cannot be irradiated, which is that which is that kind of, it's almost like an x-ray, except it's not just like one x-ray like you and I might get if we go to the doctor, but it's like a million x-rays, and that goes through the food and bombards it and creates these free radicals. And, of course, free radicals can create inflammation and disease over a period of time. So you really do want to look for the USDA seal of approval on your products that you want to be organic or that you are expecting to be organic. Now, there's a lot of companies out there that say, oh, yeah, no, 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 we, we follow the organic organic, you know, letter to, right down to it, you know, we just didn't we just didn't put the symbol on our on our product. Well, maybe some of them are, but I'll tell you what, you're going to spend almost just as much money, probably and sometimes more money on companies that claim that they're genetically genetic modified, you know, have no GMOs in, you know, in, in their food and claim that they're 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 growing their food and they're and raising their food under the same genetic practices, or the, I'm sorry, uh, organic practices. But unless there's a label on there, there's no way you can be sure. And I highly recommend, really, you know, if, you're, if that's what you're after, look for that seal of approval. Yeah. Yeah, we, you kicked off the show starting to talk a lot about micronutrients. Let's talk about that in a sense of food, once food is picked and how it's delivered to the market, like, for instance, produce. Are we losing those micronutrients the longer it takes for us to get our food to the market? Absolutely. So every minute of every mile that your food travels to your table, it loses micronutrients. And that's because it's bombarded with elements, the light, the heat, the air, so oxidation, all these different things rob your food of micronutrients. So if you can imagine, the average thing in your grocery store actually travels about 1,500 miles before it gets to you. 
That's a long way. I mean, it used to be that in these cultures that we went to see, I mean, you, you walk by a tree, you grab a piece of fruit, you ate the piece of fruit, and that's as far as it traveled. But now, 1,500 miles for the average food, and all of those minutes, it's losing micronutrients. And then it gets to the grocery store, and it sits in the, say, the produce section under light, and it keeps losing micronutrients. And then you bring it home, and you stick it in your fridge, and it's losing micronutrients. And then you chop it up. And remember, when you chop something up, you make more surface area. When there's more surface area, there's more air and more exposure to all the elements. So the longer it sits there cut up in your fridge, the more it loses micronutrients. So, and then you, of course, are going to cook it or heat it usually, and that also depletes food of micronutrients. So really, really, all of this modernization is really minimizing the amount of micronutrients or vitamins and minerals that our food delivers today. Yeah, yeah. So how do we get around that? How, how do we, what are you, what are you supposed to do to, to circumvent that? Well, that's, you know, that's kind of the conundrum we have here in the 21st century. If we want to have more time to go to work and more time for our family and more time to watch TV and more time to play the video games and more time to go to the sporting events and you know, whatever it is we want to do in our lives, we, we've lost that connection with food. And so one of the big things we noticed when we were traveling, when we were with these tribes, their entire days were surrounded about, about the food and about their woods and about their rivers and about their oceans and about, you know, just, it was all, they had a connection with it. Everything had to do with it from the time they woke up to the preparation of it, to the sharing of it, to be, you know, what they were going to do with the bones and, and all the pieces that went along with it, right? So we don't have that. And what, so what are we going to do? Well, first thing we've got to do is we've got to realize that, like Mira said, we're hugely micronutrient deficient in this country and, and, and around the world, and exactly why and how we're losing those micronutrients, which is what we try to explain in the book. And then we've got to try to figure out how to find rich foods. And when we say rich foods, we mean micronutrient-rich foods. And there's ways that you can do that. There's ways that you can look for things like, uh, you know, probably a few people listening now are, you know, it's, uh, the ideas are popping in their head. Well, maybe I could buy local food. I've heard of this whole movement, the local vor movement. Well, that's one good way. You know, you've got your local farmers, and you, uh, you, they probably have their local farmer's market where you can go up on that Saturday, and maybe they just pick that, pick, the, pick whatever it is that they're selling that week, you know, just that week, maybe even that day. And so that's a great way that you can get more micronutrients in your food. Look for that organic uh, label we talked about in the grocery store. Um, so that's a good way. And then we need to learn about what we call everyday micronutrient depleters. And some of these are foods that when we eat them, they actually deplete us of the vital micronutrients that we've already taken in. So you've got them, you know, you've done your job, you've eaten your fruits and your vegetables and your lean proteins and all the things that you're supposed to be getting, right, that we're talking about. But then there's some foods like sugar, like high fructose corn syrup, like spinach, like some foods you might not even think about that have certain things in them like oxalic acid and phytic acid. These are called everyday micronutrient depleters that kind of cling on to or chelate to minerals in your body and don't allow you to absorb them. So that's another thing people have to realize. I mean, one of the big things we really recommend people to start with is sugar. That's, you know, I think it's public enemy number one. We kind of know now that the medical community has been crucifying fat, especially saturated fat now, for, my goodness, 50 years or more, it seems like. And now they're finally coming around and saying, well, wait a minute, we might have got it wrong. 
Saturated fat isn't so bad anymore. Now it's the sugar and the wheat. And we're starting to realize that now, but I don't think it's trickled down to just the, you know, the average family. So you definitely want to start there. And we talk a lot about, you know, rich food, poor food is sugar-free. It's wheat-free. It's GMO-free. So when you buy the guide, you get the guide. We go over it aisle by aisle. Everything that we suggest in there is already a rich food. It's just really, really easy. Yeah, yeah. Um I think Time just I, I just saw this floating around Facebook that Time did an article on talking about butter and saturated fat and how things are actually changing. So that's that's very timely. Yeah, um, we we've been telling people that for a long time, and you know even family members. And then now that the newspapers are saying it, everyone's listening. So we're actually thrilled that that's coming out. Yeah, I love me some fat, man. You can, <laughs> I cannot get enough. Hey, fat this ab- well, yes, absolutely. We're, we're big fans of butter, and we're big fans of. You know, ghee, and as long as you're doing the right fats, coconut oil, MCT oil, you know, we're really big fans of just as long as you choose the right ones and get rid of the GMO seed oils. I mean, not all fats. We want people to understand when you're going down the fat aisle, there are numerous things to avoid in the grocery store. And especially in, like, the salad dressing aisle, that's one of the most dangerous. There is nothing that we found in the salad dressing aisle that was worth eating. And yeah. that's one of those places where misleading marketing really comes in. A lot of times you'll walk down and you'll see it like olive oil salad dressing. And then you'll turn it around and you read the ingredients list because that's where we want everyone to know to look. It's not the nutrition facts. You have to read the ingredients. And you'll turn it around and you'll see number one thing, vegetable oil, soybean, or corn. And you're like, but on the front it said olive oil. But then you read down the very last ingredient is olive oil. So they just put it up there just to mess with you, but it's very, very hard to find a good salad dressing, and that's why we really prefer that people make their own so they can make sure to use a good form of oil and get rid of those seed oils. Yeah, while we're on the topic of fat, we can, let's, and, and since we're talking about micronutrients and rich foods, let's talk a little bit about why we love fat so much. Fat is, is actually necessary in order to absorb fat-soluble vitamins and certain minerals. So let's say you have this nice big salad in front of you, right? You got your chicken, you got your lettuce, you got your tomatoes, you got your peppers and the onions and whatever else you got in that salad. You think, wow, this is a bowl full of micronutrients, exactly what the Colton said to eat. Well, guess what? You're not going to absorb almost any of the fat-soluble vitamins and some of the minerals if you don't have any fat. And that's because without fat, the body cannot literally absorb them. You need long-chain fats. And those long-chain fats then stimulate bile acid, and then that will allow you to absorb them. One of the big things Mira used to do when she got her advanced osteoporosis was she was a fat-free fanatic. She thought fat was bad. She, every single day, she would have a big spinach salad with fat-free salad dressing. Remember earlier I said spinach, not a good idea because it's got a lot mm-hmm. of that oxalic acid, and oxalic acid binds to calcium and magnesium and other minerals, and then she didn't have any fat on it. And so what she was doing was she was causing this really deep hole where she wasn't, her body wasn't able to get those vital nutrients that she needed. So you definitely want that. And then, you know, a lot of the store, a lot of the fats on the grocery store shelves, like Mira said, these are genetically modified oils. They've been heavily processed. They've been processed with high heats and chemical solvents. They're usually in clear bottles. I mean, you go down that oil aisle, how many bottles do you see that are opaque or dark? and are are protecting that oil from the light. And, of course, that light is depleting it more and more of the the micronutrients and causing it to become rancid. And they're usually very high in omega-6. And we have to remember that while omega-6 is an essential fat, 
it's it's a pro-inflammatory type of an omega an essential fat and that causes disease over a long period of time so you don't want to do too many of those so stick with your coconuts and your butter and your ghee and that kind of thing yeah there's um one thing i wanted to cover tonight and uh this is because this will make a blind man confused if they walk into the supermarket and that's eggs uh there's so many different types of eggs i went into the grocery store yesterday and i was looking i just strolled down the aisle and i saw cage-free eggs natural eggs they even have pasteurized eggs now all this stuff and then you talk to people and they're like well eggs are eggs i'm just going to buy whatever whatever's cheaper let's talk about eggs right now and what's the best type of eggs for us to, to buy if we can okay now here's the thing you want pasture raised or pastured eggs you'd like them to be organic here's some reasoning pastured means that they were living outdoors, pecking around in the dirt and eating bugs and getting some sunshine, living the life that the chicken's supposed to be living. Now, there's a difference. Some eggs now say pasteurized. That's frightening. <laughs> that's, that's not what you want to see. And there actually are eggs now that are labeled pasteurized. When you pasteurize something, they do that to kill any bacteria. Well, here's the problem. First of all, most eggs don't have bacteria, so you don't have to worry about it. But it also kills all the micronutrients. So those are not eggs that you want to be purchasing and bringing home. Organic you want because those chickens haven't been um, fed GMO corn, which a lot of chickens are fed corn. So you want to make sure that – and soy. So you want to make sure that you're getting an organic chicken – uh, as well. So that's like, the, that's like the grade A, really what you want to get in the chicken. And the cool thing is when you purchase something properly, you get more bang in every bite. That's what I like to say. You're not wasting money. First of all, it's going to taste a heck of a lot better. I mean, they really, really do taste better, especially eggs. But you're also getting so much more nutrition in them, so many more micronutrients. You get seven times more beta carotene. That's why they're so much more yellow, the, um, the yolks of a good pasture-raised hen. You have three times more vitamin E. You get twice as much of that omega-3 to fight inflammation, and you get two-thirds more vitamin A. So you're really getting a lot more packed in every single yolk. And don't just eat the egg whites. Eating an egg white is a sin. I mean, I, you know, as long as you're eating the yolk too, it's fine. But most of the micronutrients are in the yolk. So you're really throwing away the best part if you, if you just, you know, don't eat the yolks. You're really not doing yourself any good. Uh, most of the other phrases that you're going to read aren't worth anything. Um, there's, there's lots of ways around it. They all try to sound good, cage-free. They don't have any cages maybe, but they're not really going outside. They don't have room to spread their rings. It just means that they're not in cages. They could just be in one huge domicile that never sees light packed in so tight. So that doesn't really mean anything. Vegetarian fed, that cracks me up because chickens aren't vegetarians. Um, if you've ever seen an angry chicken, it will bite you. It will peck at anything in its way. They are some mean little animals sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are definitely, you don't want vegetarian fed chickens because uh, that's not their normal feed. You want animals to be eating what the animal would naturally eat if left to its own accord. And that's what makes for the healthiest animals. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I want, just jump 
because Mira just said something about the egg yolks, and that's so important. I've got some research here. It shows that 100%, now 100% of the fat-soluble vitamins that we just got done talking about, vitamins A, D, E, and K, as well as all the carotenoids, the lutein, you know, are found in the egg yolk, as well as 90% of the calcium, iron, phosphorus, zinc, thiamine, folate, B6, and B12 are all found in the yolk. So these people who are going out and eating these egg white omelets, it's just, yes, you're getting your protein, and yes, there's some amino acids in there, and that's good. But the real, the best part of the egg is that yolk. Also, too, for anybody who sees no hormones used with eggs, that doesn't mean anything because the USDA has never approved any hormone products for egg production. So, again, just some of the things that, you know, misleading marketing that sometimes we see in the grocery store. Yeah, it was one thing in your book. Um, it said some, it, it had the labeling about antibiotics, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but in one, it's like, I think it was antibiotic-free where no antibiotics are actually being used. And then there was another term that it kind of was one of those, like, uh, undercover terms, like antibiotics could be used. Uh, am, I, am I right with that? I remember that from the book, but I don't remember exactly where what the right. So that's under chickens and turkeys, and it's antibiotic-free, or if they put on the package, no antibiotics were used. Well, U.S. law does uh, does allow antibiotics. Okay, so with the chickens, they do allow antibiotics, but when they say antibiotic-free or no antibiotics, that means that these chickens were not administered the antibiotics, and. However, if they were administered antibiotics, then they would not be able to be allowed to be USDA organic. Yeah, okay. the difference is the hormones. But, yeah, but what it is is hormone. U.S. law prohibits the use of growth hormones in poultry. So sometimes, you know, when we're in the dairy aisle or when we're just thinking about food in general, we see a lot of the stuff with the, with the dairy, and then we see the cows, and we say, well, no hormones, no RBGH. You know, we talked about earlier, that's that hormone that increases the milk production. But when it comes to chickens, Hormone, chickens cannot have hormones. They can be given antibiotics, but they cannot be given hormones according to the U.S. law. So, you know, again, they, they may say hormone-free, but I think Purdue does that or somebody does it. They're lulling you into a false yeah. sense of security. Yeah. <laughs> why, I mean, why would they even – I know this question, but I know a lot of people probably that are listening don't even know. Why would they even use antibiotics in chickens anyway? Well, because it's absolutely disgusting the way that they're raised. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, it is. I mean, most of these animals are ill, and that's the real problem is that they have to give them so many antibiotics just to keep them from the disease spreading in these coops. Uh, one fellow, uh, his farmer, I guess, he was telling us that, you know, they also fed arsenic. And the arsenic actually makes their breasts grow larger and pinker, and we're supposed to like that in the chicken. So the other thing that it does is it also makes them go to the bathroom arsenic because the, the arsenic actually does not kill the chickens. So it makes their breasts bigger, but it doesn't hurt the chicken. It hurts us when we eat the chicken, but it passes right through the chicken and goes to kill all of the rats living in the coop. Wow. So it serves a double purpose. Not only does it fatten up the chickens faster, but it also makes it so there's no rodents crawling around killing the chickens. Yeah, I I used to sell antibiotics in the pharmaceutical industry, so I know all about it. When I was in the industry, I never put two and two together. I was so green when I was in the industry. But <laughs> after I got out, I knew a lot about it. I'm like, 
wow, this is why the doc, the USDA was sending doctors uh, letters telling them not to use antibiotics unless it was a uh, a true uh, bacterial infection and not a viral infection because they were scared about the you know all this stuff that was going on because the things can come uh, antibacterial uh, resistant. So the right, and we are. I mean, that's that's yeah. a really sad thing is because. You know, there's all sorts of studies on what other things are currently being fed to the chickens. I mean, because they get so insane in there, there's all sorts of mood-altering things being given to them to mellow them out. And all these drugs that are being given to them, there's Tylenol in their systems. There's some tests that they did actually showing all the different types of medications that are found in the chicken supply. Yeah, I mean, they, they did some research on chickens coming out of China. And, again, a lot of people, you know, they, well, my chickens don't come from China. Think again. A lot of chicken comes from China. And they showed traces of Prozac, Prozac in there because, they, you know, they were trying to give them to try to relieve the stress because they've got thousands of these chickens kind of living on top of one another in these, quote, unquote, cage-free environments. But, you know, like Mira said, it's just, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen these coops, but they're not necessarily, I mean, they're just, just one on top of another. They don't even have an inch to move. So, yeah, it's a big problem. And, you know, again, as, as individuals who, who love animals and we want animals to have, you know, we, we think that they have rights to live in a certain way, we really want to be looking for those pasture, not pasteurized, pasture-raised animals that are allowed to go in the sunshine, that are allowed to get out there and act like an animal. And, and you know what? The happier those animals are in their lives, the healthier they are for us too as food and we have to think of it like that so we want them to be happy but we you know and if you want healthy food if that's really what you want to look for you don't want those animals that are cooped up and kept in un you know unsanitary conditions and fed a bunch of drugs so that just makes sense doesn't it yeah yeah between you two me and the atmosphere if they start shipping more chickens over to china i'm not eating no more chicken <laughs> i've seen some disgusting things that came out of um that came out of china and i recently saw an article where they said it's some kind of deal that they're trying to make where they're going to start sending more chickens over to china and that's the end of chicken for me i'm just going chicken free after that well here's the thing you can go to our website in the rich food resource center which is a 100 percent free resource for people it's called the rich free, rich food resource center say that 10 times fast rich food resource center and you can go in and you can look up where there's local farms in your area and that's what we do i mean we literally went and interviewed you know probably four or five farms in the local area to find out uh -huh. first of all what their prices were for for chickens and for beef and for pork and then also we went to see what they were feeding them and how they were living. And, you know, that's all you have to do. It's really quite available if you do a little bit, a little bit of research. We actually have, you know, farmers here that now deliver to a lot of the CrossFit gyms um, a couple times a week. They bring all sorts of healthy, you know, grass-fed pastured meats. There's a lot of resources out there now. You just have to be smart and, and know where to look for them. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Diane's on the switchboard, so I'm going to bring her on. But um, I wanted to save a question before, after I bring her on. I wanted to kind of get into dairy and talk more about, because you mentioned pasteurization, and I also wanted you to kind of explain homogenization as well, because I don't think people under, uh, understand those terms. They just go and get milk, and they don't understand the whole terms and what it means to them and what the uh, the detriment is to them. But I want to bring Diane on. I hope she's uh, out there. Diane Kayser, are you there? Yo! How are you doing? Hey, girl! <laughs> hey, guys! So awesome to hear you. This feels like deja vu. I know. How's it going? Glad to have you join us. 
Awesome, awesome. I uh, I was um, texting and emailing you back and forth when um, I had done my grocery tour using your book for the uh, wellness workshop that I'm leading at the yoga studio. It was really helpful. People are just adoring your book. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're going to um, – we have some a nice little announcement for, but we'll save it to the end of the show about how people can get a copy. But um, yeah, we love when people take them grocery shopping. You know, we have one woman who actually put little stickers on almost every single page so that she knows exactly where to turn when she's going down the aisles. And she put little notes. It's just a great resource because it really makes it easy and you don't have to, you know what to look for. You know, you know what words are good and bad in every single aisle. Yeah, totally. There, there's actually some things that I got stumped by that, that a lot of my students were like, well, but isn't this this? And so, I, I mean, is it cool if I ask a couple of those, Darren? Yeah, go right ahead. So, um, you know, the produce, the produce section of the book is awesome, and it talks about, you know, the, the stickers and what to look for, what things are GMOs, what things are organic, and I thought that was really helpful. And, of course, I wanted to show people – Whenever we purchase for convenience, we're also purchasing crap like that comes along with it. So C equals C, convenience typically equals crap. And um, with like pre-sliced things like cheese and produce and meats and stuff, things that are pre-sliced tend to have a lot more junk in them. And so one of the things that I was showing them on the tour was that the pre-sliced apples, like you know, produce, and they put them in these big plastic containers, and it's like ingredients. And these apples look perfect. They're like packaged a week before, but they still look perfect. <laughs> They're not brown on the inside. And it says um, apples is one of the ingredients, and it says calcium ascorbate, a blend of calcium and vitamins to maintain color. Well, that just sounds great, doesn't it? So why is that unhealthy? Yeah, okay. Here, here we go. So if you cut an apple open, does it brown? Yes. It's supposed to. Exactly. Thank you. It's supposed to brown. This is how we know that it's no longer a good apple. It's a bad apple, one might say, because that's supposed to be the symbol to our eyes, to our body, to know that not to eat this thing. Unfortunately, modern science has said, you know, we're going to make it so we can put in enough uh, antioxidant, basically, so that the, it turns off the apple's I'm getting so excited. I'm almost spitting. It turns off the apple's ability <laughs> to change colors. Just because it can do that modification doesn't mean that it's healthy. And that's actually, oh, okay, so the new GMO apples that we actually have a petition against, that's the exact same thing they're trying to do. They're trying to turn off the apple's ability to turn brown ever. And those will last up to like two weeks, and they don't even have to soak them in anything. And that's how it's done. So it's, you don't want food that should be brown. Food that should be brown should be brown, and you should know that it's no longer good for you. Imagine if every minute of every mile your food, your food travels and every bit of surface area that is exposed to light loses micronutrients. So when you cut up an apple like that and all of that area is now open, all of that area is now losing micronutrients really quickly. So you're eating this spoiled thing that is man-manipulated to not look like it's lost its micronutrients, but it has. And that is my yeah. rant on apples. <laughs> oh, totally. And it's, it's bad. You're a bad apple. And I wanted to say that to the container, but, the, you know, the 
everybody had such good questions because they're, they said, well, calcium, it sounds like it's just a supplement. So why is, why is that calcium absorbate so bad for us? Because people would be under the impression that it would be taking something to help with their osteoporosis, right? Well, well, it, calcium ascorbate is actually vitamin C, okay? So it's just it's a right. form of vitamin C. Um, so we actually use calcium ascorbate in one of our products. We also use magnesium ascorbate. So it's it's just a vitamin C. And in the, in the, you know before this, a lot of times people would you know back in the 70s, you know kids didn't like the brown apples for lunch. Mom would like squeeze a little bit of lemon juice over it to stop the browning from occurring. So is that a bad thing? No, it's not that those, it's not that that ingredient is bad. What's bad? is like what you said. It's the exposure, the fact that it's been sitting there for, for a week probably. It's been exposed, and it doesn't have any more of what we're eating the apple for. Yes, it still has its calories, so if you're eating it for calories, it's going to provide that, but it's not going to provide all those essential micronutrients that you think it's going to provide. So that's the real problem with and it. And apples are really just scary things. They're like top the list of the most pesticide-laden foods. So you really, yeah. really, really want to buy organic apples. Um, and that's a list that we have that you can download free on our website, The Terrible 20. I know you know it. And apples are like number one because how many on average did apples have? Like 45 it's like 45 something. pesticides on the average apple. Um, not to mention it's also usually wax-coated and everything else. So that's one of those fruits that you definitely, definitely want to buy organic and not in a bag. Yeah, and, and I know that at McDonald's, too, that's what, they, that's what they do is they sell those little apples, and they use the calcium exporbate to um, prevent the apples from browning. And in, in the stories of all the GMO apples that they have you know, posted that are coming out, they say the same thing about on there so they don't brown. And yeah, so you'll never I know. I mean, they're called Arctic apples, so if you ever see the Arctic apple, um, that's a really nice way of saying um, it, it's not ever going to change colors. And so that's a GMO yeah. apple, that you want to avoid right. those. But it sounds so beautiful. <laughs> I wanted to ask this one, too. This is a really good question that um, another one of, you know, my, my students had asked on the tour. So everybody loves string cheese, and I know you guys really approve of organic valley, and I love organic valley myself. So, of course, you get to the string cheese aisle, and um, a lot of my students had questions. And in the string cheese, you know, we always talk, you guys talk about in the book that, pre-sliced cheeses are not as good as getting, like, raw cheese that are in their big blocks from other countries that haven't pasteurized the cheese. And right. with Organic Valley, it, it says, you know, these are pasteurized um, cheeses, but they're organic, yeah, but they have my, microbial enzymes in them. So I didn't find anything in the book that said anything about, about what your guys' perception was of microbial enzymes. So it doesn't sound bad, but is it? Well... I don't know in that case what they're saying on the label. Cheese is made using all sorts of, you know, microbes and bio stuff. I mean, that, that's how cheese molds. Um, mm -hmm. but, so I don't know. But some cheeses actually you'll see something called natamycin on the label. And natamycin is actually a, um, it's a, it's a mold inhibitor. And it's also right. a, what, an antibiotic? It's an antibiotic mold inhibitor, I believe. And so I'm hoping that's not just another name for that, but that is a good question that I will check into. I don't think that they use natamycin. Usually it's used in more of the shredded cheeses to make sure that, you know, it, it stays nice and dry in the packages. But, you know, you certainly wouldn't want, you know, natamycin in, in your foods. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know how they put that in there. 
No, but you know have what you, else you have to watch out for for the shredded cheeses, mostly in the shredded cheeses now, is the cellulose. So what they're right, doing is right. almost every – I don't think I've ever found one that doesn't contain cellulose these days. And that's, of course, wood pulp. Even even Organic Valley, what we like generally. Yeah, I think Organic Valley does yeah, too with their shredded cheeses. Too. Yeah. So it's uh, that we, we want to keep that out of there. We don't want the wood pulp in. And again, is it because wood pulp's bad for us? No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is that all again the nutrition and they can put up to and manufacturers like to put up to thirty percent um, of their food. They like to displace it with wood pulp because we in America are on a fiber kick, and we think fiber is just about the best <laughs> thing sliced bread, and it's just not. And, but they think it is because it's super cheap. It goes in. They can put like you know, 20 grams of fiber here, and it's really just cellulose, which then displaces, again, the micronutrient content of what you think you're getting. And it's really cheap for them. So whether you're just buying wood pulp. So that's not good. Get your cheese, like you said. You want that unpasteurized cheese. You want it from organic you know, cows, cows that have been fed organic food. Um, and you want to try to keep everything out of there as much as possible. But I don't think that anything was probably wrong with the, with the micro. Microbe what did you say? What, what was the, I didn't write it down. Uh, it was microbial enzymes. Microbial enzymes. I wouldn't think there's any problem with that. Hey, uh, okay. Jason Amir, have you ever. Yeah, Jason Amir, have you ever heard of, uh, I was doing some research a long time ago, I did a video on this about aluminum, and the sliced cheeses have aluminum in them. Have, did you come across that? The sliced cheeses. Well, we certainly would not be. I mean, there's only one sliced cheese that we actually liked that we that we found, and that actually was an organic Valley American. And they did something. I think the aluminum probably keeps things separated, mm-hmm. if I had to guess. Um, and the and the one reason that we actually like the organic Valley is because it just has a thin slice of um, paper in between every single every single piece, which is why they don't have to add anything else at all into it. Um, the aluminum might be in the anti-caking. Yeah, it might be in the anti-caking, yeah, if I, I had to guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I it's usually that's... done that done in some sort of a caking, anti-caking process. Yeah. Which is just gross. A... And we have so many heavy metals in our bodies these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly do not need to be adding any more to the food. But it's really now it's getting to the point that our bodies are just bombarded with this. Um, which is another reason it's just so important to be micronutrient sufficient because that's the body's natural detoxifier from these heavy metals. Yeah. There's a couple of things I wanted to cover before it's like 10 minutes left. And, um, Diane, you can throw in one more question if you'd like. But I wanted to cover Gatorade because I know that's a big one where people are always drinking Gatorade. I constantly see that when I'm in Publix here, uh, which is around the corner from me. I'm always seeing someone putting Gatorade in their cart, which they think is healthy and some kind of sports drink. The next thing is grains and also – I think I mentioned this before I brought Diane on, was just talking about pasteurization and homogenization so people can, uh, dairy, and how people can, um, how people can understand it. Also grains, that's the last thing. So um, I didn't uh, write those down. Six seconds on Gatorade. Uh, it's yep. all artificial colors. It usually contains some sort of artificial sweetener in there. Um, it contains um, 
There's nothing good. There's a product called BVO, which they're supposed to be taking out, which is brominated vegetable oil. Um, They've said they're going to take it out. It's still in the ones that we've seen on the shelves. Uh, A lot of the time, these sports drinks and energy drinks are just filled with caffeine. You know, we have a new favorite. We In this book, we actually said coconut water, and coconut water is great because it's filled with electrolytes, which is what you're supposed to be getting in a sports drink, which is why they made it. Just so you know, Gatorade actually only has two electrolytes, whereas coconut water actually has, I think, six or seven electrolytes. Uh, we did a whole thing on that in one of our articles. Uh, but there's another one that's really, really good, and that's watermelon juice. There's new companies putting out pure watermelon juice, mm-hmm. and they actually have more potassium than even coconut water and the same amounts of 12 carbs. So if you're not someone who's going on a low-carb diet, um, we prefer that you just, after a workout, just grab a coconut water or a watermelon water and replenish with that. Yeah, stay away from that Gatorade. 56 grams of sugar in a 32-ounce bottle, and it's got yellow number six and all kinds of junk in it. So stay away from that. Definitely not a rich food. That is a poor food. Let's talk a little bit about milk. So what happened? Back in the 1800s, we had some problems with dirty farms. So they said, well, what can we do about these dirty farms? We we don't want our milk to be dirty and 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 maybe have bacteria or something bad in it. So they came up, instead of cleaning up the farms, they came up with an idea called pasteurization, which is just really heating up the milk so it kills bacteria. But it it doesn't just kill the bad bacteria, it kills the good bacteria too. And so that's not good. Uh, Of course, we're always talking about micronutrients. So what does pasteurization do to micronutrients? Well, it it, 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 it lowers the amount of vitamins and minerals in your, in your milk, including vitamins A, D, B6, B12, calcium, and a type of fat called CLA, which is a type of fat that's really only in dairy when, when cows eat grass. And, so, and it also it kind of denatures the protein of the milk when you heat it up like that. And that's why I think a lot of times people say, well, you know, I, have a, I don't do so well with milk. I think I might be lactose intolerant. Well, you might be lactose intolerant. You could also just, you could also just have kind of an aversion to a milk that's been pasteurized where those proteins have been denatured and you're not getting the right amount of the vitamins and minerals. Now, milk has something else that's done to it, homogenization. Homogenization, what that does is it keeps that fat from separating. You know, remember when you see the old movies and you see the, you know, you, the milkman would come out and put the milk outside the door stoop and why, why milk didn't need to be refrigerated back then? I don't know why, because it really doesn't need to be. But anyway, <laughs> um, but, but the cream would go to the top. Right? Well, they don't want that happening with the milks these days. So they take it and they put it through kind of these really, really small particle strainers, and that, that's called homogenization, and it, 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 it breaks up that fat to the point where it doesn't separate. And that's a problem because then those fat globules kind of go through our stomach gut lining in a different way than they ever did before, and this can cause leaky gut and could just cause all kinds of problems in our gut. So. That's really likely why people have a problem with milk is a lot of times it's this homogenization um, that's actually causing people to have, you know, people to have all the allergies to milk these days. Then, I mean, if you think about it, like, what, were we too lazy to shake the darn bottle? I mean, <laughs> there's really no reason to homogenize milk. It does nothing. Even if you want to say there's a reason to, to pasteurize, if you want to go there and you say, you know what, maybe the milk had or the farms had been dirty. But there's no good reason to homogenize. None. Yeah. yeah. The last thing is something I wrote about this week on my blog, and uh, it's grains. Um, Let's let's get into that a little bit, because we are always told to eat or have our whatever servings of grains. We need whole grains. And uh, you touch on that a lot in the book, which I thought was 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 good. 
Yeah, we're pretty much uh, wheat-free people, and everything in the book is wheat-free. Uh, you know, grains are one of those things that they are cheap fillers. Uh, they've often been given to, to the, the general populace to, to keep them full, but not necessarily for, for, much, for many other reasons than that. The, obviously, the worst one being wheat, of course, because of all the different things like the gluten, the glide, and the amylopectin. Like, there's tons of reasons why, why wheat isn't good for most of us. And even those people who don't have celiac, a vast majority of us do not react well to um, gluten. Additionally, it just makes you overeat, and there really just isn't that much. You know, it's not the wheat that it's not the wheat that you get in these other countries. Uh, ours is a very crude and perfect gene manipulated wheat um, that is just not it's not a natural grain anymore. There are some grains that are okay, but you know, we tell people that like millet's okay. Buckwheat I love because it's not really wheat; it's a seed. So I don't mind using that. Um, you know, corn, they use non-GMO corn as a grain in many other countries, and they don't have a big problem with it. Um, but here's a way you can kind of look at all these grains. If you want to put on weight, if you want to soak up some sauce in some dish that you're making, um, if you want to be hungry, then, then go for it. Um, you know, every now and again, adding some grain to your diet is fine to add in calories, but there's many, many more micronutrient-dense foods that you could choose over grain. Yeah. You really got to watch out for phytic acid in grains, too. Even the good grains, what we consider to be good grains, that's that phytic acid. We talked about oxalic acid, phytic acid. Those are going to be micronutrient depleters. And, of course, the, so the more grain you eat with this phytic acid, and the more calcium and magnesium and copper and manganese and chromium and iron and zinc and niacin and all this and vitamin D, you're going to be losing. So a lot of people say, well, wait a minute, I'm eating, I'm eating this food. I'm supposed to be getting vitamins from my food. Not necessarily. And that's really what, what people need to understand. And we go over very easily in the book. You know, so we, you start to understand which foods are going to have some of these micronutrient depleters in them. And you really want to stay away from wheat. I just want to hit it home one more time because you know what? Wheat actually spikes your insulin and sends your blood sugar skyrocketing more than a candy bar. Whole wheat bread is worse for you in that way than a candy bar is and that was that's pretty shocking not only that people who eat wheat, who eat wheat will eat on will eat 400 more calories per day than if you get wheat out of your diet so it's just just from a simple numbers game we just don't need that that food source in our diet yeah yeah diane did you have one last question i knew you were going to ask i did <laughs> i was <laughs> like this is your show but i did have one last question um, so I was I actually asked you the other day about this, Mira, because um the MSG thing is something I wonder about as well as the natural flavors. Um I'm not sure if you guys talked about that in the first thirty minutes that I missed, but in the last couple of weeks since I've been leaving this workshop there has been the the whole idea of turkey. Um it's really hard to find healthy turkey at the store. They all say natural flavors. The second one is going to a pho restaurant. I have had like good experience, bad experience no idea what natural flavorings they're using. And at the same time with sushi, um, different experiences at different places. So what should we be asking when we go to restaurants about MSG or additives and things of that nature, as well as the turkey question? Okay, well, first of all, most restaurants aren't going to know what you're even saying if you say MSG. So they're going to nod their head and they're saying, oh, yes, do you, do you want MSG or not? You'll say no, and they'll say, oh, then there's none in here. Um, I would bet nine times out of the ten the server really doesn't know what you're even talking about. 
Um, and they don't. I mean, like, you know. Yeah, they, they um, I would say, you know, you, the, the big ones that you want to look out for are, you know, you want to tell them what you can have in it. I don't mind, you know, and even spice mix it, you know, the spice mixes that they're probably using at restaurants will probably have MSG. Mm-hmm. Because it's in most spice mixes. So you can say to the person, I don't mind if you use salt and pepper and some lemon and some fresh herbs, but if it's a spice mix or if it's um, soy sauce, we definitely don't want those things included. I mean, those mm-hmm. are some pretty good guidelines. Um, you know, the cleaner, you know, eating at a restaurant is sort of like good luck. Um, right. You know, you, you, you kind of basically, the, the simpler you can order, the better. You know, I generally tell them I just want lemon and salt and pepper on my fish or I want my steak grilled plain with salt and pepper because mm-hmm. um, that's generally what I order at places when I eat out. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the simpler you can make it, the better. In terms of the, what goes into the natural flavors in a package, I mean, most of these things are stuffed with so much juice because water, flavored water in the meat packages because the fact that they can charge you, they can charge you for all of that water because it's done by the pound. Turkey, oh, turkey's one of the worst. Yeah, is there any good brand? Um, Yeah, yeah, we did have a couple that we liked. You know, basically, um, I think Mary's makes one that they had that was, um, um, that was organic, um, yeah, Mary has a free-range uh, organic turkey that we liked. Yep. Okay, cool. And I'm not sure if Bell and Evans does it make them, but I'm pretty sure Bell and Evans probably have turkey as well. Those are probably the two best brands that we found hand down. Um, one of the, you know, there's, the, you know, some of the smaller farms also will have it. But you just have to really ask. That natural flavor is just, it's just throughout. Yeah, 95% right. of the time you see natural flavor, it's going to contain MSG. So let me just run down a few names mm. for people listening. If you see it on the label, there's a good chance that it could, then, you, you, then you've got MSG in there because it's an alternative name. It's an AKA. So you see autolyzed yeast, could be, more than likely, that means MSG. Autolyzed yeast protein, yeast extract, textured protein, monopotassium glutamate, calcium glutamate, monoammonium glutamate, glutamate, magnesium glutamate, sodium cassinate, hydrolyzed corn, yeast food, carrageenan, pectin, soy sauce. So all these things could easily be MSG, and it's just on your food package. You're not even looking for it. But today, for some reason, you know, five years ago, you didn't see MSG anywhere on, on ingredient list. Today, they're just putting it on there, big as bold as anything, right under monosodium glutamate. And it's, I've seen it on tons of ingredient lists now and i guess the food manufacturers just figure that kind of that people aren't looking for it anymore but make sure you look at the ingredient list jason and mira the book is rich food poor food and actually um we only skimmed the surface of your book there's so much in here and um you have some recipes actually i'm going to try your ketchup recipe and oh it's good your uh, mayonnaise (laughs) recipe because actually i can't have white vinegar so I'm just wondering, can I substitute apple cider vinegar for the white vinegar? Absolutely, absolutely. You can do that. And we recommend, uh, I think you have a problem with, do you have a problem with coconut oil as well? Yeah. Are you the coconut yeah. or is she the coconut? I'm not supposed to let anyone know that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, but I do. But, well, here's um, what we I'm wanted not... to offer you guys. And you guys probably know because I sent you guys some emails on this, but everybody else is not going to know about this deal until next week. But we were going to let your people know, because we were here tonight, 
that if they want, they can go to our website and hit on the Rich Food Poor Food under books, and we're doing the book giveaway for free. All they have Woo! to pay is nine ninety seven or something for the shipping and the handling from the warehouse, and they're shipping for free rather than the twenty five dollars that they're shipping for on Amazon. Right. So awesome. can I, I put that? Can I put that in the Facebook event? That the, yeah, you can link? put it in the Facebook event. Okay, cool. I'll How long do is that, that going on? We're going to work. Everybody else is going to find out on July 1st, <laughs> and that will be going on for the month of July. Awesome. You guys are rad. Yeah. We just figured we want as many people to be grabbing a copy and eating healthy in the grocery store. So uh, so we thought we would help out in, in the way that we can. Yeah. We have to put yeah, a bunch of coders all sitting there for them. What was that? I'm sorry? Do they have to put in a coupon code or anything like that, oh. or it's all just set up there? Nope, just go to the page, and they'll see the video there. We've just slashed that we want. We want to offer the book absolutely free to them, just the shipping. Now, now if people say, well, wait a minute, you know, I, I, I don't need the whole book. I just want to I just get a peek of it, and I don't want to, you know, pay shipping costs for whatever reason. If they, if, if they don't want to do that, we've even got a free offer where they can download the first three chapters of the book for absolutely no money, and we send them bonuses as well. We send them videos. We send them all kinds of free gifts as well. So, it, it, you know, it's for both people, people who want the whole thing, you know, the hard, the soft cover, the one that you take around with you to the grocery store. It's the full version. It's not some, you know, part of the chapters in there. It's the whole book. That's what we're offering on the website. And then uh, if for people who don't want that, still go to that same spot. And when you leave the page, there's an option for you to have the first three chapters downloaded absolutely free, and we'll send you some free gifts as well. So something for everybody there. And, guys, you need the whole book because this book actually covers everything. It covers snacks. It covers um, grains. It covers oils. It covers everything. All the things that people ask me about all the time through Facebook or calling me or texting me, it covers it. So you get the book, then you don't have to bother me anymore. So get the book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Jason and Mira, for being on the show. And um, you sent me your Naked Calories book, so I'm going to have to have you come back on the show at some point to talk about Naked Calories as soon as I can get through that book as well. So thanks again for being on the show. Yeah, and Diane, can. thanks for calling in as well. Thanks for having me, you guys. You're the best. Bye. Thanks, Diane. Thanks, Darren. All right. Bye, thank guys. you. Bye. All right. So another good show, Rich Food, Poor Food. Go out and get the book. Um, and those for you who don't know Diane, Diane is uh, my partner. I always call her my partner, not my partner. She's my partner. And we do the Wellness Warrior podcast. And you can check that podcast out on iTunes or go to our site, wellnesswarriorradio.com, and you can listen to all of our podcasts from there as well. And a lot of things that I touch on on the show that, um, that uh, or ask questions on the show, rather, sometimes I don't cover those questions on the podcast, so we like to ask a lot of different questions. So you probably want to listen to both of those shows, and usually we'll have guests from this show on that show, and sometimes we don't. But the shows are always different, and you get a lot of good information because we don't always cover the same thing. So to next week and same fat time, same fat channel, we're going to be talking about diabetes. We're talking to a holistic nutritionist. Her name is Christina, and she's going to be coming on to talk about how to treat diabetes naturally from a holistic standpoint. If you know someone who has diabetes and, and trying to get over it, or trying to get it in to get it in check, so to speak, 
you want to have them on the show, and I'll have a Facebook event on there as well. Uh, I didn't mention this. I think I mentioned on the show that I did blog about grains, and that show is with Dr. Ron Hogan. We talk about grains and the effect that they have on the brain, and that's a really good show, and I blogged on that as well, and a lot of people are sharing that. through. It's been stumbled a couple of times about 51 times, and also a lot of people are sharing that through Facebook as well. Really quick read, but the importance is going to the show and listening to the show about the effect that um, that grains have. So, again, next week, same fat time, same fat channel. I'll see you then. Peace and love. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.